Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Yeah, Dennis, for future reference, you can mute everything. My name is Nicholas, and I'm a sexaholic. And let Dennis Dennis come in on a special, uh, Nicholas come in on a special line. Go ahead, Nicholas. I'm sorry. Thank you. Wait, like, uh, my name's Nicholas. I'm let me, let me, a sexaholic, pornography, masturbation, prostitution, adultery, promiscuity, sexualizing men, women, children, animals, and objects, voyeurism, exhibitionism, romantic fantasy, sexual intrigue, and emotional affairs. And by the grace of God, and the program of Sexaholics Anonymous, I haven't had to do that stuff for 22 years. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. My first sexual memory was probably about the age of six. It involved an adult woman. And what happened then, I didn't really understand, but it kind of blew all my circuits. And from then onwards, I, I was like a blind dog in a meat market. I was looking for something and I didn't really know what it was. Um, I was particularly fascinated by women and women's body parts from then onwards. When I was given a demonstration of masturbation at the age of about 13, I became hooked immediately, became a daily masturbator, and uh, started collecting pornography. Um, Got my pornography collection discovered by my mother, Burnt it with a, in a, in a fit of uh, righteousness and uh, started collecting again a week later. Um, I found my religion extremely inconvenient because it was um, giving me, I thought, a lot of guilt. So I decided to deal with that by getting rid of my religion. And I spent 25 years, I just dived into the permissive society and just went for it. Lust, left, right, in any direction. And by the time I was 42 years old, I had destroyed two careers, two marriages, and lost more money than most people make in a lifetime. And I can't say that I really realized then what the problem was. I I knew I had a problem. I had actually been told that by a relate counselor that I'd consulted. And she said to me, she said, I don't know what your problem is, but if I be you, I'd spend some time and money finding out. But what happened in my case was that two people came into my part of town and they mentioned to me this phrase, sexual addiction, which is a phrase I'd never heard before. But the effect on me was like being polaxed. I was just literally disorientated. I couldn't even walk in a straight line just by hearing two words. So I just knew that there was something going on here. 
and they were from another S fellowship and they told me a bit about the 12 steps and I joined that fellowship and for five years I was sort of sober in that fellowship, sort of. I committed myself to no pornography, no masturbation, no sex outside a committed relationship and no relationship for the foreseeable future, which kind of added up to the essay sobriety definition, but in an important way it didn't. And it wasn't until the 12th of April 1995 when I changed my sobriety definition to no sex outside marriage. And that's where I date my sobriety from. And I've been sober continually since then. And for that, I am extremely grateful. It took me another three or four months to find SA. So in other words, I was an SA by convincement before I even, heard, before I even found the fellowship. And I, I'm glad about that because I have no doubt in my mind that I need a sobriety definition, which is no sex outside marriage. That's what I arrived at by my own experience. And so this is, this, is what I, this is what I want. And I want to associate with people who want the same sobriety. And I'm not going to get into debates with people about whether, you know, the sobriety definition is this, that, and the other. It's, it's just the, the one that I want. It's the one that I need. And I guess that's one of the things, one of the points to make about our, our program it's not for those who need it. It's for those who want it. And I want it. Um, now, I'm going to talk more, mostly about my recovery because, you know, it's 22 years now. That's a long time to be in recovery. And, and in that time, I've been graced without a single relapse yet. And I always like to add that word yet because I have to admit that I am powerless over lust, as powerless over lust as I ever was. My disease has gone on progressing, even though I've been in recovery. It's been doing push-ups. And should I ever decide to pick up lust again, I will go back not just to where I was, but to a lot worse. Because I've been sitting in meetings and hearing about all kinds of things that people get up to. And I can tell you that my addict has logged a lot of them and is sort of just sitting, waiting for me to have a relapse so he can try this, that, and the other. Well, I think of recovery as a four-legged stool, like a, a, chair, a chair with four legs. Now, if a chair is designed to have four legs, it doesn't work too well with just three legs, or two legs, or one leg. And our program is like a four-legged stool. I have to do four things. I had to join the fellowship, and it took me a year to do that. I had to get a sponsor and sponsor people as soon as possible. I had to work all 12 steps, and I had to do service. These are the four legs of the SA program. So the first question I always ask somebody who rings me and says, I'm relapsing continually in SA is, well, have you joined the fellowship? I mean, have you really joined? I spent the first year as a cultural attache to SA from another S fellowship. And I didn't get too sober. I mean, not in my head, not between my ears. I was technically sober. I was, you know, abstinent by the SA sobriety definition. But I wasn't well. See, I can't recover alone. This is a wee program. I need the fellowship. And not only that, but as one, as page 152 of the big book tells me, 
I need a substitute for lust. And the substitute for lust is a fellowship in Sexaholics Anonymous. It's that important. I must have my substitute. I can't just have a vacuum. I'm going to put the lust down. If I don't pick up the fellowship to replace it, I'm just going to be an empty void waiting for, to suck in more lust or another compulsion. I had to get a sponsor. The first sponsor I got was somebody that I could control. And that didn't work very well. He was very impressed with me. Uh, and I was manipulating him, but I wasn't going well. In the end, I had to get a sponsor who I would obey, somebody whose suggestions I would follow as if my life depended on it. And again, it took me about a year to do that. But I did. In the end, I found a sponsor, and I worked through the 12 steps. Now, I've worked through the 12 steps several times, and I have no problem about people who want to work through the steps again and again. Each time I've done that, I have found, you know, that I've, I've, I've gone deeper. I must admit, the last time I worked through, uh, I used the method in the big book, and it was a bit like scraping the barrel, I must admit. Um, the most significant fourth step that I did was um, uh, about, the, about the, the fourth or fifth, and, uh, and that was where I did a fourth or fifth step exclusively on religion, God, and religious people. And I really needed to do that because that actually was the biggest problem, actually, that I had. It was so big, I, was, I couldn't really see it. I had massive resentments in those areas. And, uh, you know, unless I was going to get past those, I just wasn't going to find my way into a comfortable, joyful recovery. So I worked the 12 steps, uh, several times. I have used different methods to do that. I was very grateful to have been shown a method which um, was used by one of the original 100 of AA, a guy called Clarence Schneider in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I have shared that method with many hundreds of SA members, and um, a lot of them date their sobriety from the time that they did that. I'm extremely grateful for that gift, and I'm very happy to pass it on. If anybody wants to know more about that, it is described on the uh, email, the Europe and Middle East region website. Uh, that is sexaholicsanonymous.eu slash step workshop. Um, and there are recordings of the uh, live workshops and the workbook and everything. If, if people want to, uh, to, 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 to read the information or even to, to work through the steps, that can be done individually or in a group. Um, the material is all on sexaholicsanonymous.eu slash step workshop. So um, I, today I'm working steps at 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis, and which brings me on to service, the fourth leg of the stool. Um, I've been involved in service right from the start. There's never been a time when I haven't been engaged in some fairly major essay service at group level, at intergroup level, at regional level, at international level, uh, wherever. I've been a trustee. I've served on the committees of essay international committees. Uh, I've traveled a lot to different countries, um, probably over 40 countries now, I would guess, 
somewhere around about that um, uh, on SA business. Uh, I'm not a tourist. I've been to some very exotic places, including Israel and uh, uh, Iran. Um, I'm going to Latin America um, next year. It, uh, but it's always on SA business because I just love spending time with sexaholics. I just uh, have a have a ball just helping people who want to stay sober. And if people mean business, I'm you know I will I will go to the ends of the earth for them. Uh, for, unfortunately, not everybody means business, and and then you know I have to sort of just say, well, I'm sorry, you know I'm, I've got other things to do. Um, please call me when you're ready. Um, not everybody's ready for this. It's a it's a demanding program. Um, I've been uh, unmarried in the last 22 years, um, and so that that's meant um, I've lived a life of total abstinence from sex. And um, the amazing thing for me about that has been that I haven't felt less of a man as a result. In fact, it's been the opposite. When I used to be acting out with women left, right, and center. I always felt that I wasn't enough, it wasn't enough, there was, they weren't enough, there was something not, not sufficient. Since I've been you know, abstinent in SA, by the grace of God, I have felt comfortable in my own skin. Not every day, not every minute of every day, but most of the time I've been, I felt manly, I felt that I've been able to have a relationship with the God of my understanding. And I think uh, I will just, I'll just finish on this point because I know that for us, religion is an outside issue. So I'm not going to tell you what religion <laughs> I belong to. But I will tell you this, that being sober uh, in Sexholics Anonymous and working the steps actually on you know, God, religion, and religious people and so on has brought me into a close relationship with a power that I understand um, that, I, that, that I should I say that I don't understand, but I have a strong sense is delighted with the way I live my life today, and has ideas about right and wrong, and has an order, has an order for the world and for the universe and for me and so on, and that I'm part of that now. That I that I'm living my life in accordance with that order, instead of against it. I'm not in rebellion against it. I'm not trying to prove that I'm right and the rest of the world is wrong. I'm, I'm not the odd man out anymore. You know, I'm not a rebel without a cause. I have serenity. And uh, for that, I'm extremely grateful. And I, I'd just like to thank you for inviting me to come and share on this um, telephone meeting. Uh, thank you, Dennis, for taking the meeting. Thank you, everyone, for being on here. And I'm going to stay on the line to listen, but I, I have to now... Uh, stop talking because I need to get on with some preparations for some for another another commitment that I have. So thank you very much for listening and thank you for helping me to stay sober one more day. Thank you, Nicholas. And this is Nicholas in the UK. Thank you. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. 
Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you.